Hello everyone and welcome back to Bald, Bold, and Gold. I'm very excited to say that we have a special guest joining us on the pod today as we recap last week's action across the country as well as the Irish passing their first road test in NC State. Outside of that, we preview a little bit of the Central Michigan game and, of course, give our picks and help you make some money this weekend. All right, we're back. College football, I think we can officially say, is in full swing. And I'd say this is probably a special episode of Ball, Bull, and Gold because we are joined by an esteemed guest, first-time guest, Mr. Jack Doyle. Jack, would you like to you know, give our listeners a little introduction? A uh, little introduction. I am a longtime college friend of the, of the pod, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, little background on me about me. I, I don't know football very well but I am a heavy feel guy, okay? Anything I do in life, it's all about feel, and, and yeah, that's kind of what I go off of. So you might not hear a lot of statistical backup for anything I say on this podcast today, but uh, just know that I'm, I'm sticking with my word. That's well long-time said. Time listener, long-time listener, first-time caller, Jack Doyle. Yeah. How did you become be a Notre Dame fan? Tell oh. your Notre Dame fandom story. My Notre Dame lifelong. fandom story? I mean, lifelong, obviously. Grandfather went to Notre Dame. Mom went to Notre Dame. Uncles. So I just grew up going to campus, and it was always like the best weekend of the year. Was was Saturdays in South Bend as a little kid tossing the rock around. So it was a good time. And that's uh, that obviously evolved into a lifelong fandom ship. Love it. Who's your favorite player of all time? Ooh, probably Zipikowski. Yes, sir. Ooh, it's a good answer. Yeah. It's a really good one. So Favorite one as a kid. I mean, yeah, I mean, might as well get into it. Uh, I think for me personally, this was my first Saturday where I was truly able to sit down and take in the slate. It was a lovely one, of course, you know, having the Irish kick off at noon. It, you know, there's pluses and minuses to it. You know, you get it out of the way early. You can either have a stress-free rest of your day or a horrible rest of your day. Luckily for us, it was a good one. But I, I think the main storyline of this weekend, you know, one, we'll get to Colorado, but I think the bigger one in my mind is, is the Alabama dynasty over. Uh, like you want to, I'm not, I'm never going to say no. I'm, I'm never going to say yes. It's over until Saban retires, but they got bullied on both lines of scrimmage for the first time in a long time. Uh, Texas's offensive line looked more physical. They looked more athletic. Uh, same thing on the defensive line. Um, and you know, it sometimes it does come down to quarterback, and the fact of the matter is, Ewers is a certified bona fide Heisman candidate, and Jalen Milrow is not that. So, I think my answer to that is kind of what Slev started to get at. Question for you guys: If you swap quarterbacks, who wins that game? Alabama. Alabama, yeah. So yeah. that's in in this day of college football. You're you're literally just one call away from a from a transfer quarterback that can take you to the next level. See Notre Dame. I'm not gonna say they're done because if they fix what they're getting at behind center, I think they could be right back at the top of college football next year. This year, certainly not. I'm a and little. They can I'm still little, run the table in the West. Sorry, Jack. Didn't mean didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, please, Tom. It's your pod. No, no, no. That's all I want to say. Um, I was just gonna say it feels it feels like saying Tom Brady going to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and oh career's over. It's 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 like Ian said, one quarterback away, and next thing you know they're back at the top, and you know they're 
utterly dominant. So uh, I'm not ever going to count out Nick Saban. He's obviously going to make the adjustments. Are they a national title contender this year? Maybe. I mean, they lost by 10 points to a, a very good, what appears to be a very good Texas team. So yeah, not their best game, but I think do not count them out ever. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is like, no, Nick Saban's still a great coach. Kind of going back to what Tom said, Texas looked like Alabama of the last 10 years in that game. They were the ones setting the tone. There was no like fluke plays or anything like that. You know, they kind of, you know, it was a close game for first three quarters. Then they kind of, you know, went on the run, put them away, which is what great Alabama teams in the past done have done. But I mean, like, you know, you see you, they don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick on that back end. They don't have a CJ Mosley at linebacker, you know, or even a Will Anderson, you know, they're, they have some good guys, but there's no, you know, that's the best defensive player in college football. There's no receiver room of Ruggs, Waddle, Judy, Devontae Smith. Like you, you're looking for the elite players. And, you know, while yes, they've recruited to a very high level, they haven't developed to the point where you're like, that guy's a stud. That guy's someone you have to truly game plan around. They're 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 a very well-rounded team, I guess you could say, but there's no one that stands out in like a game breaker sense to me, at least yet. Yeah. I thought uh, I thought Bud Elliott had a nice piece that just like a, a short clip regarding Ewers and how Saban Saban always challenges quarter college quarterbacks to throw the ball deep to like be accurate twenty yards beyond the line of scrimmage, um, and most college quarterbacks can't do it consistently. But Ewers was eleven for fifteen on deep balls. Like that is winning. That's a winning winning football uh stat so that was really good for texas i, I guess i my, my question coming out of this a little bit was like and i don't want to take any tech credit away from texas but is, is there is there any there's a piece of me i don't know about you guys but there's a piece of me that says why wasn't texas able to put this game away earlier right like they they let i thought that they looked way better than this alabama team for the entire game and bama had to lead 16 16 13 going into the fourth like it doesn't feel like that right because Texas scored 21 in the fourth in the fourth quarter, but like I don't know, I, I felt like I felt like they had some trouble putting this way. This game could have been over a, a lot earlier with the way it felt. The whole yeah, way. but but you're not putting away NC State. You're trying to put away Bama and Nick Saban. And that's so, a, and that's and that's a good point. And that's why I'm asking. Like, is it is it yeah. like uh, are you worried about that, or are you just like, hey, you got out of Tuscaloosa no, with a ten point I, win, I, and, and we keep rolling? I have no concerns about Texas. I think that win is is going to be probably one of the better wins in college football all year. Um, I will say if there was even a gust of wind in Tuscaloosa, those deep balls might be a little different because Quinn Ewers puts those to the moon. Like those things oh, are up there for long shepherd. It's ridiculous. Oh, and I'm like, and then it's like 39 yard touchdown pass. I'm like, no shot that was up there for 39 yards or only 39 yards. Cause it's like a punt and the receivers like barely get under. I mean, it's beautiful balls, but that the thing is going to the moon. He looks like I mean, he hits the, those. He hits those passes with a pitching wedge. Like they're, yeah, they're, like they're floating the, up the there. The nose, the nose of the ball is pointed straight down once coming into the receiver's arms. Like there was one the Xavier Worthy, I think, where he released it when he was ten yards downfield. Like it was ridiculous. Saw the safety come up and just like fuck it, I'm launching it. Yeah, pops. Like, you said you were a feel guy. Um, how do you feel? Do you think that the minister of culture, Matthew McConaughey, really takes his team above and beyond, or what do you think the factor is there? Well, what I'm what I'm doing right now is I'm looking up Texas's 2022 record, 
And I, I think honestly, last year they lost twenty to nineteen at home. And I think it's it's equitable to there were they were Quinn Ewers away from winning that game last year, and then they ended up shitting the bet. So I'm just trying to figure out if Texas is even good. That's an insane statement. Texas is obviously good. What I'm trying to like, are they real though? Or is just Quinn Ewers that good? And Alabama's just mid SEC. I looked at the SEC rankings. After like the first four teams, you're like, yeah, we sure. SEC's, we sure. SEC had a horrendous out of conference. They are a they are a quarterback deprived league. Yeah, and that and that is showing. Well, I think that's evident across college football right now. I mean, you look at Dabo Swinney, and it's like, ooh, does he suck? Yeah, yeah that's my that's my fancy quarterback though. So chill out there. Um, well, apologies to you, and yeah. uh, no apologies to fan tracks. But I digress. <laughs> no, I mean, who's the best quarterback in the SEC right now? Jalen Daniels. Yeah, Jalen Daniels. I don't think he's all that good. No, he's all that good, and we might get to that later down the line in picks. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. Jack, you know, you start off with saying you're a feel guy. We're going to keep harping on that the whole episode. That's fine. There's one There's one big story in college football that's kind of oh, rising God. above all the others. How do you oh. feel about Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes? This was a Jack? statement win. Before week one, they were seven-point underdogs to Nebraska and smacked them. How do you feel? <laughs> is Nebraska good? Are we really talking oh. about this? That has got to be the most depleted follow-up national championship title appearance team I've ever seen out of TCU. And then what is it, Stims on for Nebraska? Yeah. He sucks. He's horrible. Mm-hmm. That was one of the that was one of the worst first halves of football I've ever seen. It was painful to watch, actually. And Colorado got off to a slow start. I I think Colorado's good. They have talent, but they no. I'm sorry. I I, I don't think this is sustainable. And you know, a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, they were never supposed to be here." The first game they lose. The reason I like Colorado though is. They are going to shake things up in the Pac-12. I was I was looking at the Pac-12. They have good teams. I don't think that any of those teams are necessarily national title contenders. I think the best team is probably USC, and they can't play defense still. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think Colorado and the Pac-12 is going to be extremely fun to watch, but do I think Colorado is, is a real contender? No. If, if, I don't know if anybody looks at the preview document that we put together here, but I, I have notes on this game, and they say Colorado beats down Nebraska, and the sub there was a preview says, document. Yeah, you didn't get it, Jack. Um, wow. And <laughs> right. the, the, the right. sub bullet, the sub bullet says Jeff Sims ain't it. And, Jeff, and Sims, Jeff Sims and, ain't and it, and that's the notes on this game. Uh, Shadur is it though? That dude, Shadur, that Shadur is a baller. Is yeah, is um, I would agree with that. It's I'm, just not enough. But I'm kind of wondering. I don't. I, I'm with you, Jack. I think a lot of what you said there is kind of what we've been getting at. I think they can have a couple of big wins in the Pac-12. Um, you said shake it up, but like shake it up what for six months and then it's gone. That's just kind of a funny thing to think about. But I think they're going to be top. They're going to be top twenty-five. But everyone's ooh, like, yeah. oh my god, this team is a godsend. It's like let's let's slow down. It is they have the opposite problem of Alabama, I think. Yeah, you I, I think you're Shadur right. Sanders on Alabama, and that 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 team is 
How did how did Shadur go unnoticed? Like he wasn't a top recruit, but how does Dion's son slip through the cracks like that? I I think everyone knew he was following Dion once he got a head coaching job. Like no matter what. Yeah. If you read like if you read up on like some of his early recruiting, he was pretty raw. Like obviously a great athlete, but like he was not a polished passer. So I don't think he had a ton of ID one offers, which meant that, like D said, he was going to go wherever yeah. Pops went. So mm-hmm. uh, I will say, though, Jack, to your point, right? Like they got Colorado State this week. I think they can hang 100 on them. But the road toughens up quickly where you got teams that could score with you um, and might might even play a little defense. You're on the road at Oregon, home against USC. Then you got like the middle of the, the bottom half of the Pac 12, but then you're back for at UCLA, home against Oregon State. And you you know right now you right now you got six ranked teams to play four of them on the road four of them on the road to finish the season you got Oregon on the road UCLA Washington State and Utah on the road so uh, there's they got plenty of tests plenty of tests to go do they play Stanford they do play Stanford which is good for them cuz yeah, that's that's that might order. hang 100 yeah yeah. Now, I, I don't want to be misconstrued, but they, they are a fun team to watch. They're absolutely heading in the right direction. And my goodness, they're going to be good. Just they're going to keep getting better and better and better. But I mean, there's just I'm a big guy that watches like Bleacher Report. Well, not watch, but like I see the Bleacher Report posts and I it dry, it starts to drive me insane. Just seeing content after content. And I'm like, all right, I get it. Let's relax. Let him get until week six. Week six Let is when cook. I get tired of it. Unless they're still undefeated somehow, if they get past like both USC and Oregon, then they'll then they'll fade away. Like they're 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 just a fun story right now. And honestly, this college football season, there's been a game or two every week. It's we haven't gotten into conference play where there's just a loaded slate. I think we get that in two weeks because you know outside of you know Colorado was still the number two story or you know maybe number three but like outside of that there was only one other ranked matchup this week it was Ole Miss Tulane which you know it, it that game could have been good I have, but I have thoughts I have thoughts yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was that was my week. lock of the week yeah um would have been nice to know that their quarterback wasn't playing um yeah. Classic. I th- like I think maybe on me but I also think they kept that under not under on wraps. you yeah not I, you. that came out Saturday morning, that hurt. That game was also tied at seventeen going into the fourth. Jordan, yeah, that game was closer. That game was closer than the score may indicate. Yeah, um, I think that's more so on Ole Miss than Tulane. I think Ole Miss is probably not as good as they're being made out to be, especially in the AP polls. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was frustrating. Back to you, Dono. I'll, I'll shut up. I I mean, like that was an okay game to watch. Like, I, obviously, it's anticlimactic, you know when. Tulane doesn't have their quote unquote fastball on their quarterback, who, you know, we saw him play against USC last year, leading electric touchdown drives. Obviously, Ty J Spears running backs in the NFL. You know, there that's another fun story, you know, power five team. I don't know where the heck a power five team to the likes of like Cincinnati or Tulane, like who's going to make the bowl game from them this year is. Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, not a whole lot going on. We also saw, you know, Miami, Texas A&M and the NIL Bowl. Uh, I was actually surprised by Miami in that game. I'm not. I wish to. They looked good. Tyler Van Dyke threw for five touch or had five touchdowns. Counted for yeah. five touchdowns. That's not an insignificant amount. Texas A&M looked awful though. Yep. And they, I, 
I, I don't see what changes. What changes on Texas A&M? You're not going to get any more talent than you're currently getting. He, Jimbo's, Jimbo's not going to hire an OC that is has philosophies that made it into the 21st century. Like what? I, if you're in College Station, you paid this dude and players a ton of money. Are you just going to have to punt on the whole thing? Yeah. Which which class was like the 30 million dollar class? Was they were Are freshmen they on- last year? It was the 22 class. Okay. So they're sophomores yeah. now. Uh, but I think I think like ten of them transferred. Probably. We have <laughs> yeah, they got their money and left. <laughs> But Did yeah, you guys I mean, get I, eyes on? Uh, we can st- you got more to say on this game, Donna. No, Baylor, really. Baylor, Utah. Did you guys get yeah, eyes on that's that? My oh, on that as well. That was my Saturday was morning sweat. I had, uh, <laughs> I had, I had a, an absurd amount of money tied on the Irish and the Utes because the Utes screwed me in week one. God, what a shit bowl! I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. to cuss on here. Sorry, <laughs> you're allowed to cuss. All right, cool. Uh, what, an, um, what an ugly game between two backup quarterbacks, too. I mean, that was the sneakiest backdoor backdoor push oh. at minus seven. Well, I bought it, but man, I mean, <laughs> does Florida suck? Is is Florida just one of the worst yeah. teams in the world? I mean, yeah, I Florida's bad. I understand Florida's bad, but like Utah at home is elite. Maybe Utah on the road, just absolutely mid. Yeah, they're playing without Cam Rising, but still. I think I think that's a big thing that I'm playing on the Cam Rising. I think their defense is really good. I think Utah's yep. defense is is pretty stout. They ended up just going wildcat in that game. They gave yep. up on their backup quarterback. So I do think it looks a lot different with Cam Rising. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if Baylor had a bit of a dead cat bounce too, like yeah. get back home, yeah. kind yeah. of wounded animal type thing where like you're going to scrap and claw for everything. I do think that like. Jack, I'm happy you won your bet because I'm a Utah fan myself, and I would love for them to win the Pac-12. But that was a bad no call. That was pi mm. in the end zone. So <laughs> the rest I, again, I'm not. I, you, you don't give it back. A win's a win, right? You don't. You don't give that back. But I am just like that game. He was all yeah. over him. He's all over him. He yeah. got there a second he was early. Draped on him. There, yeah. there's, there's a few teams now. I'm like looking at the results that end up playing really tight games. Like I know I watched or, the end of Oregon Texas Tech. Texas Tech, oh. another one, just coughed it back up um, for a team that you know also should have been in in desperation mode. Um, your boy, your boy had Oregon minus five and a half. Was just had a great. I had a great Saturday. Yeah, that that, that pick six also at the like last second of the game. That also for my lock of the week bumped it over to the number we it had did. on the pod. Unfortunately, not the number my wallet wanted. I had sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> and finish in 68. And then yeah. UNC gets taken to the brink too. I watched the end of that. It was actually nice the way that all of these games ended consecutively after Alabama. Um, or I think maybe UNC North Carolina was in was in was before Alabama, Texas, but whatever it was, these all game, these games all finished sequentially nicely. But uh, App State took North Carolina to the brink too. Yeah, I, I think that's a tough game. You I mean yeah. obviously we saw last year that was just ridiculous. What was it like 65 to 64? Whatever yeah. it was, but I think the in-state with App State, North Carolina, that's just always going to be a tough game for yeah. Tar Heels. I'm um, happy North Carolina plays it. Honestly, I think it's fun. yeah, it's a good game. Um, uh, Mac Brown was throwing some shade. Was you see he? that after the Where game? Get it? He's like he he's like it'd be nice if uh, you know South Carolina and or uh, South Carolina and East Carolina would uh, maybe join the tradition. It's like all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought you I thought you meant he was like throwing it at App State. I was like I thought he. 
pretty no. cordial with them. I think he, he thinks they played good games. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's a good win for North Carolina. Like I you you get a, you get out of that with a win, you're happy. Yes. I think so. So I guess like, you know, we've kind of hit on all the main games from last week. High level who you guys see. Has anything changed in national title picture? I say not really. It's wide open. Heisman. No one's really like unless you count Shadur Sanders, he's not real. Dude, Caleb Williams looks Caleb Williams. Yeah. Caleb Williams only only had 21 pass attempts last week, but it's because they pulled him at halftime. I saw I saw a tweet that was like when Caleb Williams gets in this mode, it's over. And I think we all just know what mode mm-hmm. where he's talking about, where it just looks like he's playing a video game and he's going at 40% and the ball's like below his waist and he's just kind of scampering around. Like I he is pretty freaking incredible. And I think he's gonna was- I think he's gonna run away with Heisman. I I, I I agree. It bothers me to say it, but I mean that was I, I was at the game last year, Notre Dame USC, and it was it was I felt like ninety percent of the snaps on offense that they had were him just running around, and then there's a, a wide receiver fifty yards open. That's that's what's scaring the shit out of me for Notre Dame USC in a couple of weeks. Is is are we going to get any defensive pressure? I mean, I know we're not we're getting defensive pressure, but the sacks we're going to have to get some arms on them. I jump yeah. ahead. I digress. He's he, probably going to win the Heisman. He, I agree. He is probably going to win the Heisman. Do you know, I, I would say that my perspective changed a little bit this week from as far as not a Heisman, but because I think it's going to be Caleb Williams, unfortunately. But from a championship perspective, like I'm looking at the rest of Texas's schedule, and man, they like, I think they are now in the driver's seat. They got a tougher schedule than Georgia, but they've already passed their tough, most difficult test. Right, George's next difficult test comes the SEC championship game. Um, yeah, that I think Texas will be tested a few more times, but uh, you know, I, I really think that they take care of what they're supposed to. You've cleared your biggest hurdle. Um, I think you're you're in a really good shape to possibly even pick where you want to play your playoff game. Georgia plays Tennessee, right? That's okay. Yes, That's yes, home. but I will we'll get to that during lock. Um, I'm not bought in on Tennessee. I, I just think Georgia, like they don't get off as quick to starts as they normally do. Kind of yeah. takes them a little bit to like turn their wheels and wear teams down. Do they have this week? Kent State? Uh, do they? Oh, Some joke. That. No, last week. Who'd they play? Or this past week. Who'd they play? But Ball uh, State. Char- Ball State. Yeah. I mean, took them got off a little bit. Start. Yeah. yeah um, they did. I haven't ha- I haven't watched a single snap of Michigan football. That's pretty purposeful. I don't watch that football until I have to. Yeah. What? Wh- they're just hanging around at number two. Like, are they far and away? Nothing you can take away. Like yeah. they're blowing teams away, but it's like it's literally bottom of the bucket. Not not even like you know group of five like strong teams. Like they're not playing like a Memphis or like somebody who's like usually schedule. towards the schedule. Yeah, like it, it, it's just a joke, and they don't play anyone until November, so yeah. it, it just pisses me off. If there's so, 130 teams in the FBS, Michigan, Michigan's first four games consisted mostly the teams that would suck as a fan, up, like 100 less than 100. That would yeah. suck as a fan. Michigan, as you said, Donald, they don't they don't have a season until November. Like, yeah, I mean, think about it when we were in when we were in school. What were the, what were the best tailgate days? Were the best days of, of for us as fans? It was not playing Michigan. Ball State. It was when we bought Michigan for a 7.30 kick. 
when we bought Georgia for a 7:30 kick, right? You know, win, lose, or draw in the Georgia game, like both those days were a ton of fun, right? Yeah. Sucks, sucks yeah. as a student to just be hunting on all four of your first game. Yeah. All right. So you know, we're talking about tests. Let's not act like the Irish were tested for the first two weeks. However, we did go on the road to a probable top 40-ish opponent, respectable. And, you know, did we start slow? Yes. But you look at the final score, you look at the way we responded. All in all, I would say we passed the test, maybe not with flying colors, but I'd give it an A-. minus. For, for me, I was really – I started the game really worried. Like, trading three and out sucked especially when you weren't even close to winning the field position battle, right? Like I was really, really impressed and like I was so happy to see like the defense hold at midfield three times in a row to get the ball back to Hartman, you know, and Hartman finally picks up the first down in a scramble, which was a really smart heady play. But like that was, that tells me something about this defense. I know we didn't get a ton of sacks, but like Armstrong's not the guy to get the sacks against. He's not, the pocket passer that you would see with Riley Leonard or with some of these other quarterback quarterbacks, right? You got to like, you have to stay home and maintain your rush lanes. You can't just go kind of crazy. But to my original point, them holding on the first three drives with yeah, that was massive. Pretty bad field position from a defensive standpoint was super super impressive. Like, I give the defense a lot a lot of kudos. I thought they played really really well. I know they gave up twenty four, but it didn't feel like twenty four. Mister Fields. I want to do a quick shout out to the special teams while I was losing my mind in the first quarter. Um, a shader with a nuke. What? Dude, he, huh? hit, he hit a he hit a bomb. No, punter, kicker. We were we were kicking the ball. Yeah, I was I was extremely impressed with with some of the punts that we had, and then obviously we have a leg. I think I saw something from uh, saw something on Twitter that you know the special teams coach said. He saw Schrader hit one from 70. So, I mean, might be capped, but, you know, the guy's obviously got a leg, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it because we're going to need it down the road. Um, yep. Overall, I mean, echoing the same points as you guys, I, I, I think we were maybe outcoached or had a preset game plan first three or four drives where it was felt like we were just running into a wall. Um, and then obviously broke things open after the break. Um you know, and, and obviously made coaching adjustments. And so I would say 65, 70% of the game, we just outcoached them. Yeah. I I, that's, that's astute analysis. It's going to say a very similar thing. Love the way I outcoached them. Pretty surprised when we gave you up a mic to talk about Irish football for the first time, you went to our, our kicking game. Um, <laughs> expected a little bit more, but no, I appreciate it. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Was very happy to see the coaches. Um, if I'm gonna give one shout out to a group, love the way our secondary played. Some dudes, some dudes made some massive plays. Um, Three picks should have been four. Should have been four. Benmo with a punt that he dropped. <laughs> but I mean, um, if anybody has a right to drop it, it's him. He's so much better than anybody else on the fields right now. I think he's. he's and he'll get he'll get that back in a bigger game. Yeah. Um, I will say. There, if there's one person who I think has improved the most from last year to this year, is making a huge difference. Not him, Tom. Maris oh, Lufau. Oh, he does look good there. Flying over the field, clocking people. Like he, he's what we like kind of expected last year. Like last year's flying over the field, clocking people, but it was just the offensive guard every single play. 
<laughs> now he's getting into the backfield and hitting people, putting, yeah. creating pressure, hitting running backs. Like that's what you need out of a linebacker running free. I think our D line's done a great job so far of letting him run free and not letting a lineman get to the second level. And, you know, like you said, secondary DJ Brown, much maligned six years, like never going to be the best player on your defense, but he was everywhere he needed to be, you know, jumped a pass yeah. for a pick. Remember early on, he made a play on a jet sweep. That was really impressive. So, you know, good for him. Like the secondary improving, I think we talked about this at the start of the year, is that we saw that, especially the safety position, we knew what we had a corner. The secondary, especially safeties, if we have help on the back end, that's going to be most like huge in our most important games of the year, which are now pretty much Ohio State, USC. Ohio State, we know they have the, who knows how many receivers they have. We know they have two first rounders. And then, you know, obviously the Caleb Williams show, which, you know, there's a lot more components like you you need 11 guys to stop Caleb Williams but. yeah Al Golden's kind of cooking right now I was Seems like yeah you take I, I think I think Al Golden's getting Al Golden and the defense especially the secondary are getting into this groove where Al Golden is calling the right plays and they are also understanding what's happening is the guy Greg Flamig uh, Flaming mm-hmm. I, I forget his name Flamang Flamang grown ass man that does this for a living imagine being grown and talking about sports for a living <laughs> hell he does a, he does a great do- great job <laughs> should, his 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 when he does the Roku TV breakdowns like yeah. mm-hmm. the broadcast they are outstanding and he did a great one today uh, or yesterday I think he's today. like Notre Dame's Ben Solak basically yeah but he uh, he did a great job today breaking down one of the picks that one of the pick that DJ Brown had um, and kind of disguising basically talking about how Al Gold is doing a really, really good job disguising the coverage, but the players are also selling it really well. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it takes, it almost takes two to tango there, which, which is really nice. I love when we're doing these blitzes and JD's the first one to come through the blitzes. I don't know if you saw Chris Fink did it. Like yeah. it was like the, the good job little thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When like JD kind of like, Pump fakes into like the B gap and then goes up the A gap, but he pulls one of the guards with them and then Marist follows through the open gap. That's like, a blitz. I know it's awesome and it seems yeah. like we're doing it really well. Feels like now we're kind of reaping the benefits of JD playing four million snaps in his career. Yeah, I think J- I like JD being selfless and that he knows he's not the better yeah. of the athletes. So let me go be that battering ram. Let me be the let me be the, you know put the put a chink in the armor and, and let let the athletes. That the, the the superstar athletes finish the plays. Yeah. I think it's right. go, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say I think it's a little bit underappreciated. One of the things that I've been <laughs> struggling with is is during the game I'm just fucking pissed off, and then I'm just like <laughs> I look up at the end of the game and I'm like, oh, we we put up forty five, nice. Or oh, we, you know, yeah. we only let up three, or oh, they didn't score a touchdown for the first two games. I I, I think. I don't know. As a field guy, I'm a pretty tough critic, um, but I, I got to just share some appreciation for the fact that, you know, we're hanging, what, like 40, average of 48 points a game or something like yep. that. And uh, yeah, I mean, the defense looks stellar. I'm a little bit, I, I still have some question marks on the front seven, if I'm being honest, as, as field guy, as resident field guy. Um, but I mean, this team's exciting to watch and I have a hard time restricting myself from from getting excited looking forward yeah i I think that's a good point it's like 45 points we put 45 points you know there was no defense or special teams touchdowns they put us in great positions that was the most points nc state and most yards they've given up since 
before we graduated college, since before the pandemic. Just last Harmon was there, I think, right? Yeah. So and, Hartman put and, up points, and then yards. And they scored like forty-two in that game, right? Like, yeah, that was that was more of a back and forth game, right? It wasn't like um, they probably had NC State, you know, they, because they were scoring was giving Wake Forest extra possessions, right? We probably did it on less yeah. possessions. Um, mm. Two things for me. One more on the defense is the, the guy I was I was trying to mention was Xavier Watts. I thought the play that he made on the ball where he came goes around goes around right almost Most every other safety in college and high school goes through the guy's back and it's and it's a pi right xavier watts made a freak play to kind of to to get around the guy's shoulder and knock the ball loose i thought it was really good he's playing some like confident football and i thought thomas harper was good too i thought they threw at him yes, he was fairly, fairly often he made a bunch of tackles and they threw at him pretty often uh, i was impressed with the way that harper played so to have not only Watson and Brown playing confident football in the back end of your safety spots, but like knowing that you have Harper as a nickel is like really, really, really good. You're, now you're now you're really confident in three corners, and you're probably pretty confident in the fourth and Jaden Mickey. Yep. And then even on the offense, like what I love the most was like, yeah, we started slow, but. By the end of the game, we picked them apart. How everyone, I, I would say, even starting with the two minute drill once again, that was just yeah, so it's nice. So that. nice. It's so nice. Yeah, because if you can execute a two minute drill correctly, you can be extremely successful because you're going to get a lot of room to operate because people are playing pretty conservative. Um, I'm I'm with you there, D. Like we wore them down in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. which not going to happen against Ohio State, not going to happen against USC, probably not Clemson. Oh, it could. It could, it could, like, but it makes it much more comfortable playing in other games when you know that come fourth quarter, teams just don't want to be there anymore. Even if it's close, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna blow you out in the fourth. Pops, what we got? I got well, I got two questions, but this brought up a good question. D, you mentioned, I think he texted actually during the game that we need to go quick. Like we need to we need to hit some quick slants or. Do we think that we were just being stubborn on the first three drives, or, or was it just like we refused to give up on the run? I wanted to say this earlier. I thought, like, Jack, I think this is what you were trying to get at earlier. I thought we got outscripted. Yeah, the script was the horrendous. First, the, script, the, script, the script was not great. However, I thought the adjustments were unbelievably good, which is what I, I want to see, right? Because there's going to be a point where your first half is just not going to go well. You're going to need to make adjustments at, at, at the You're half. not always going to get two hours to make adjustments, though. No, okay. yeah. no, no, you're not. You're not. But and some hot dogs. I, but, and some hot dogs. Glizzies. But I do, I do. It's a good point, Ian. But I, I think I'll still stand by my yeah. diet thing that the adjustment, the adjustments were, uh, were a good thing. I just thought we got out scripted earlier, and I think Parker probably got a little stuck. And, and D, I did agree with you that like. There's got to be there's got to be like five or six plays, whether they're five yard out or uh, three, you know, a slant or uh, maybe even a bubble screen, something something easy to like get the ball into playmakers' yeah. hands just to get things rolling. Our um, solution against them stacking the box was a piss poor flea flicker. Yeah, yeah that was not great. <laughs> that was a nightmare. No, yeah, I was gonna um, say I'm like you, Jack, I'm a victim of passion sometimes, and I just want to see things change immediately in the moment. Jared Parker has forgotten more about football than I know. Um, I just want I just wanted to see yards. 
Like we, we yeah. like six, three and outs. Like that's, that's not great. You know, you combat that with six touchdowns, you know, it's good, but yeah, I, I just wanted to see yards extend the running game outside the hashes. Cause we were getting blown up and it, it wasn't like our offensive line was getting beat. You know, I, the right side of the line, especially four sacks is not good. Um, but that's something I'm concerned about. You know, they were blitzing the hell out of us. They eventually led to them getting burnt. But one, I don't like Hartman taking those hits. Two, it led to a turnover in the third quarter that could have made this an entirely different game. Pretty close. Pivotal turnover, and I was losing my losing my mind. I I just I the thing I fear is it's like okay yeah we got away with with three 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 and outs to start the game. You know, obviously we we're slow to make the adjustments. They were too, and the defense stepped up. You do that against a team like USC, where we are already going to have a hard time defensively. It's you know things can get out of hand quick, and then you know we've got a story of Notre Dame lacrosse on our hands, where it's just, it's not good. Tom knows a little bit about that. I do. I certainly do, Jack. Um, I can thought you explain that analogy to our listeners. Yeah, I, I feel understand. like we're coming off a Natty Championship. I didn't. I didn't yeah, think I'm like, like yeah, we, we are. are. We are. We are coming, we were coming <laughs> off a Natty, but it took it took some serious exercising of some demons. Just what, to losing in overtime natty. to Duke. Heartbreak because we're getting to... smoked by UVA. So it, it, oh. it, yeah, it, there it's it's sometimes when sometimes when the other team gets going, it's Notre Dame. They don't lacrosse. They don't stop. It becomes a very long afternoon. Um, I'm I'm but, derailing this conversation, but yeah, Tom, thank no, you. Farley's gonna Farley's gonna love that you mentioned it. Um, <laughs> from from an offensive line standpoint, my biggest concern is that it looked like you lost. There was some one on ones being lost, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that Coogan. I, I actually thought Corral, like Corral and Alt played pretty well, but um, Coogan, Spindler, Fisher, all at different points lost one on ones. And I guess I expect it with Coogan and Spindler as they're learning, but like inexcusable for Fisher. Yeah, Blake, Blake um, Fisher, some rough his, his feet don't look great. I, I don't know what's I, – I, I need kind of need him to figure it out. But can't, bottom line is you can't lose one-on-ones uh, to this to this team. No, they're good. They're, they're good. They're solid front seven. But, um, you know, it's the, it's the losing of a one-on-one and a, pass, a passing down that gets Hartman killed. Yeah. But he's wearing the red vest. Pops, I think you'd look good in a, uh, a Jaden Greathouse 19 jersey. I think so too. For the next couple of years. All right. I'll look into it. He's I'm loving I'm not a, I'm not a jersey guy. I got it. All right. I can I can adapt. I'll adapt for the yes. pot. Um, please do. It's probably not gonna be a Tobias Merriweather jersey, but it was good to see him break one. Absolutely. Yes. And on SMA's run, he's right there too. He's he's sprinting mm-hmm. down. So some positive signs there. Um, I can't remember one. feeling this good after three games in a long, long time. Ian, no, I agree. Ian, to your point there, I think what's really good is that not everybody has gotten touches every game, right? Like Tobias Merriweather didn't get a ton of touches in the first first few games. Jaden Thomas struggled on Saturday a bit, right, for his what we thought he was going to be. What's great is that these guys are staying engaged. Like, we don't have anyone just kind of floating. Like, we've had this in the past where, like, guys aren't getting touches and they disconnect from fo- from football from the offense. These yeah. guys are run blocking their ass off, which is just like so so good to see. It means they still give a shit. It means still still means they want to be there. And to me, like again, I think you're gonna have to count on some of those guys, even if they're not getting their touches right now, to make big plays later on in the season. Like, it's gonna, like five, like Tobias Merriweather this time is gonna come. He's gonna he's gonna yeah. he's gonna come up with a big catch, right? It might be Great House and Thomas a lot, 
but you're going to need five. You'll probably need 17 at some point. Um, they're all of these guys' times will come, so I'm glad, happy that they're staying engaged on the outside too. It's it's not an easy thing to, to ask when you're not getting touches. Great job. So we haven't mentioned Holden stays yet, did I? Yeah, I was saying real quick. It's a, it's a bigger conversation, tonnies. so I want to like to your points, Lev. That's why I'm so happy when like Chris Tyree breaks one too. Like, oh, me too, absolutely. Just like five star that's just been a model like team player since he got yeah. here, and I love him getting getting a little space to run with the rock. I think go, he's got go one ahead, every D. game so far, which is yeah, cool. he's he's doing what he needs to do. Yep. All right, D. On Holden stays. You start. No, I, I I mean you know it's kind of the point we're touching on here. It's like you know it's a different guy every game. You know, in the scheme we have with the quarterback we have, we're not honing in. You know, we touched on this last week. It's not thirty-five percent of your targets go to Michael Mayer, and if he's not open, Drew Pine is probably throwing it away. Like it, it's you know, if NC State wants to leave a tight end, sure, we'll take the tight end. Like Jaden Thomas didn't have a catch. You know, they want to take away him like he's number one receiver. Fine, we'll go to the number two. Number three, we'll involve the tight ends. We'll get the running backs involved. You know, it's what I love kind of on both sides of the ball is, you know, we're taking what the opposition's giving us, adjusting, and then improving throughout the game. I think that's what really good teams could do, and that's why I'm encouraged. It's not like, you know, you think back to the second half of the Navy game last year where both sides of the ball, we just absolutely crapped our pants and shut down. Jokes. jokes it's a complete opposite this year. Jokes on the teams that think they shut down our number one receiver because we just had eight number two receivers. Precisely. Go ahead, Jeff. Question for you guys. This changing the subject a little bit. Has has Marcus Freeman settled in? Are we are we comfortable now? I mean, you know, obviously we parallel to the last the first two games of last season, nightmare material. And you know, there was questions of of or or three games, whatever. You know, there's questions of, of preparation, polar opposite of Brian Kelly, prepare for the small ones, you know, flop in the big ones, vice versa with, with Marcus Freeman. How do we feel? It's like you're it's like you're asking us to see if we want to marry this girl after the fourth date, but like <laughs> signs signs are very well, positive. <laughs> um I don't think he's fully settled in. I think he will continue to get better. Um I think he has a really strong grasp of how to motivate this team, which I do not see us. The mistakes of losing games that we shouldn't lose, I'm not worried about this year. Um, and I don't know how much of that's a Marcus Freeman thing or a Sam Hartman thing and like a Drew Pine thing. Yeah. Um, I, ju I just like think he's got a really, really like strong hold of like this team's like head is in the right place every time we step out there, which I think is is positive to see. Yeah, he mentioned a lot of that in his presser too. It was just like guys, like guys were a cohesive unit during the break. An hour and forty five minutes in soaking wet clothes is not an easy task for anybody, much less a bunch of eighteen to twenty two year olds plus a twenty four year old, right? Like, it's uh, it's not that's not an easy thing to ask anybody to do. I know I'd be pretty miserable. And, and, probably get on focus. So it's kind of impressive that they came out and hit that, hit that big play as soon as they came back out. Um, I think Jack, to answer your question, I thought that I mean, I think it was Irish illustrated this week to talk about it, put it nicely where they're like, Hey, phase one is done. Right. We, now we, we know how he handles failure. And so far for the most part, he's kind of responded well to failure. Let's see how we're going to handle success. 
right? 3-0, good start. Knock on wood. Things go well this week. You get to 4-0, and you're looking. Ohio State then to face probably a top seven, top eight matchup, right? Um, let's see how he handles success. So after date four, things are looking good. He's handsome. He's smart. Mm-hmm. Got a good got a good uh, emotional awareness. These are all good things. But like Ian said, point signs signs in the right direction. Five date rule. Yeah. It's coming. I mean, ask me October 15th is my answer. Look, I, I think he's certainly doing things better last year. Like, you know, we're not in game. Like, I, I don't see a Marshall-Stanford game happening this year. Everyone's so much more dialed in. Sure, the players are probably better too. But, you know, to get where we want to go to, you know, when we hired Marcus, when we were all excited, the big ones still need to happen. Big game, Brian Kelly. He took care of these games too. He won every single one of these games in the last four years. Uh, last time in the last four, in the last four years. Yeah, last he didn't lose them. He didn't make them look pretty, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just, I was just getting at rally. Like he didn't lose these games, but you know, we have three of our next four games after Central Michigan are ranked opponents. Yeah. What do you got to so. Got to show up the next few weeks. Yeah, pops, what do you think? I'm all in. I mean, wonderful. In. I'm a field guy. You know, it doesn't have to be much. The feels are good. You know, I feel good. I feel good. I felt good after the Ohio State game last last year. I I knew that we didn't have the guy, but I think the motivation and the fight was there. So I think this year we got the guy. And, you know, obviously, like Ian said, you know, he's motivating the team. He's reaching the team. I think these guys love Freeman, and and that gets me fired up. I feel like I'm one of the guys. I just think so much work in this day and age of college football, like being a good coach happens between like January through August, like what you do with your roster construction. So like comparing him to Brian Kelly is kind of apples to apples here, like apples to oranges. Sorry. Like so far what he's done in one off season has been incredible. And if he can continue building on that, I, I think we are in fantastic shape. Trajectory is you know great. Yeah. On 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 the point of like what makes a coach successful at this point too is like especially in this day and age, like you said, Ian. I'm not. It's not fair to either of them to compare one another. But like, if you look at a coach like Andy Reid, and you hear Travis Kelsey, you hear Patrick Mahomes, you talk hear about these other guys talk about what why playing why they're so successful under Andy Reid is because he really lets personality show and and he really relates to his players and like. He kind of keeps things. It's it's not like a drill sergeant type mentality, right? Like try to try to get you know let people be creative, let people show their show their personalities, let them show their game style. I think Freeman does a nice job with that with that as well. Again, I'm not saying he's Andy Reid, and I'm not saying he's going to win the Super Bowl, but it's it's a similar type of approach to bonding with the players um, that I don't think you necessarily have with BK. How good is that Andy Reid State Farm commercial? Unbelievable. So good. So, um, D, D, one, last thing, the, uh, one last thing on this yeah. game. Yep. Sorry. Uh, the play, the pl- uh, I think it was the play that we ran coming out of the half. The fact that Gerard Parker, or sorry, uh, Jared Parker took, uh, um, took Alt and put him on, put him in the tight end spot on the right side of the line and then pulled Coogan for, for that touchdown. Jeez was nuts what a what a great play call 
Fuck yeah. I think he bought Sherwood or, or Mitchell Evans to fill in at left tackle. All moved all the way over to the right tight end spot. And then so you're running out in front of Fisher, Alt, and you pulled Coogan. Like that with that much beef on the play call there, Slev, are you you're not you're not expecting eighty by any means though, right? Like you just want like six or seven to stay ahead of the chains, right? Like how much holes how much, like they opened up a big hole, but I don't know. Are you expecting that when you no, Joe Alt? I, I never expect I never expect I, I don't know, D. Maybe maybe you think differently, but I I never really expect a run to hit, right? Yeah. I've always expect, mm-hmm. like a run a run hitting for me is like ten to fifteen, right? Wow, mm-hmm. holy shit, great run play. So when they hit like that, obviously it's a it's another a, a case scenario. But like with that amount of beef, it's yeah. almost like they estimate who's ever carrying the ball. I could have been carrying the ball. I shouldn't be touched until four, th- three, four, five yards down the line of scrimmage. Yeah, when you're running behind that, which is really, really cool. It's not, that's that's huge. Yeah, that was fun. That's may have wheels getting away. Yeah, he's showing his chops as like an all around runner. His vision's looking Absolutely. a lot better. Doesn't he's the nation's that. leading rusher right now. Mm-hmm. We, we have an extra game, but yeah. Can we get um, the audio of Freeman? How about them Irish? I'll do that. This pod. Yeah. No. I don't want to get banned. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm one of the guys. <laughs> um, I, I was in that locker room. So, Mr. Vibes, we have a game this week, Central Michigan. You know, obviously, we're not going to go in depth. I can't name a player on Central Michigan at the moment. Um, what will it take? What kind of result are you looking for to, you know, you said you said you're all in. What kind of result will it take to keep the vibes on the way up? Uh, if if Where it we starts win, with C and ends with other, yeah. Tom, <laughs> you're. I wish I could screen share right now and I'll show you what I'm looking at on this other pad. Um, I think I think if if we are in the the cover range, I'm honestly I'm not I'm not betting on this this Irish game. Um, but if we're in the cover range, I think that's sufficient. I think you know if we can show that we. Don't mess around, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, I, I think Brian Kelly used to play around in these games a little bit, and we'd be like, "All right, like, let when when is this going to close?" Um, I think we come out, we punch him in the face early, and then I think I, the idea is that you know by the fourth quarter, Hartman's not playing. Um, that that to me is I haven't looked into this game that much. That's just the vibes and the expectations. Uh, so I, I, I listened to Freeman's presser and I did a little read up on, on Central Michigan. I don't think there's much to read up on. I think the quarterback's fairly athletic. Um, so it'll be another challenge in that the Jackson State, or sorry, the Tennessee State quarterback was athletic. Great. Brandon Armstrong was athletic. Another guy who probably has both wheels and whatever semblance of an arm he might have. Um, so That'll be another another test for the defensive line, right? Maintain your maintain your gaps and maintain your rush lanes, and and let's not get killed on on a third and ten because he decides to pull the ball. Um, As far as like what looks like success, I would like to see a cover, just like Jack. This team got taken to the brink by an FCS school last week, and it wasn't like South Dakota State, it wasn't North Dakota State, it wasn't. You know, JMU is now FBS, but like, wasn't those teams that you see in the Final Four every year? You know, it was it was New Hampshire, and 
I'm an, you know, I'm a New England guy now. Uh, I, you know, New Hampshire's a, a good football program for the FCS, but like, you know, a team to me that's on par with a Rhode Island, a Stony Brook, uh, you know, Villanova, right? Nothing crazy. The game is 45-42. So to me, to me, if you're going to give up 42 to New Hampshire, I don't know. I would hope it was 45-42. If you're going to give up 42 to New Hampshire, I I would like to see us put up a crooked number in the first half. I think he just talked me into betting on the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Disaster. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't need to know that, to be honest. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, I'll get I'll get the box got a box score now, but it was it was a tight football game. I mean, but the other thing is, you know, it, it, you know to be just be fair, right? Like they played, I think it was thirty-one-seven was the final in Michigan State, right? So they played played well against Michigan State, but like I don't know, forty-two to forty-two to UNH ain't cutting it for me. You got to Jim McElwain's a good coach, you know, you'd be hyped to play in Notre Dame Stadium, but put up a crooked number, please. Yeah, uh, I don't have much more more to add. Um, I liked what both of you said there. I think it's impossible for a team to go twelve and zero against spread, so you got to pick your battles. But I think the way you do that is unit sizing, um, and so we might just we might just dial it back a little bit. I think there's other probably opportunities here in terms of this could be a get the Sam Heisman, Sam Hartman, the Heisman conversation. Um, I'm I'm with you, Pops. I don't know if he needs to play the fourth, but let's see. Let's see some numbies. Yeah. I'm for with what that. For what it's worth. With five minutes left. Third quarter. Go ahead. For what it's worth, they gave up a touchdown of 80 yards, 80-yard oh. passing TD in the second quarter, and a 71-yard passing TD Good. In, the third, in the fourth quarter. So, yards to be had. Yeah. I will. I would love to see, you know, a deep ball touchdown. You know, we've kind of, like, I think our furthest one's, like, great house. But, like, you know, he caught it in the end zone, more or less. I want to see one, you know, from our own territory, hit a guy streaking down the sideline. Um, another nice thing, you know, our special teams, you know, we don't have Brian Mason anymore. I'd like to see a big play either, you know, punt block slash return slash kick return. We haven't seen a ton of those units yet. You know, we have athletes back there. Tyree, I don't love him returning punts. I just don't think he's the shiftiest. I would love to see one of the freshman running backs take a kick back. Yeah, that would be I sweet. Love, love, other, love other than that, um, injury-free. Yeah, Keep our guys healthy going into Ohio State. Quite honestly, you know, I, I just get close to the number, like you guys said. Like, once again, I'm most likely staying away. But, yeah, you know, keep, there, there should be no national eyes watching this game. No one saying, oh, what's going on in the South End? Like, n- none of that. Put them away early. See, you and I are going to have a serious problem if we're standing in the parking lot at Jones Beach trying to get this, trying to get the end of this game on our phone. We're going to Peacock, it yeah? It's on, it's on the cock. Irish on the I, cock. I have a login. I have a login. That's how you know, that's how you know that, like, this should be a blowout. Is NBC's like, let, let's just put him on the cock. Yeah, put him on the cock. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we do picks? Let's do picks, man. Yeah. Not I got uh, I got a quick fraud of the week if I can chime in. Oh, oh yeah, I got right. one. I got I got I got one. Thank yeah. you. Go no, I just I just didn't want us to uh to skip over. Slav, you can start. So funny enough, I actually watched the Bishop Sycamore documentary tonight. Yeah. Pretty 
pretty, pretty sad. Like pretty de- yeah, pretty depressing. This guy's insane. Anyways, uh my my bishop sick still funny frog, though. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> um my bishop sycamore fraud of the week is the New York football giants minus lines of scrimmage. <laughs> Fucking joke. That was embarrassing. Past my freaking bedtime just to get lit up on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Somebody was arguing with me. The other was arguing with me regarding like what my thoughts are on Daniel Jones, and I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell. Like it's it's so unfair to try to judge that individual right now. So, yeah, I'm angry, but whatever. Mine is a mother nature. You know, if it wasn't pouring down rain, I think the Bengals win 37 uh, 24. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go real quick. I actually have three frauds of the week. Let's go. Uh, yeah, no, we have three. It's actually, they're all right on my phone. It's funny enough. Uh, we're going to start with these boy T. Higgins. Congratulations, T. Higgins. You did nothing. Uh, The next one is Dallas Goddard. Congratulations, Dallas. You didn't do anything. And the last one, best of all, Aaron. What are we doing? Aaron Rodgers, fraud. Um, All the Jets fans. How would how would you combat that one, Jack? If you were if you were Aaron, what would you do differently? The COVID nineteen vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, vaccinated. Jesus, you knew that the stream last night was sponsored by Moderna. Jack, Jack, I want to let Just you in on a secret. I want to let you in on a little secret here. I know Ian knows very well, very knows a lot about this, but we got something called the list. And oh. and and once you're on it, it's really difficult to get off. So maybe you want to think about putting guys like T. Higgins and Dallas Goddard on the list. Ian knows about the list. It's not a good yeah. list to be on. But yeah, Ian, you got a problem, so you, the you list often grows, rarely shortens. Yeah, often grows, rarely shortens. That's I'm right. familiar with list, Tom. I'm familiar. Aaron, on Aaron Boone's list. on a list of mine. <laughs> I'm on Jack's list. He is on the list. <laughs> that, that, is, that is correct. He is on he is on Pops' list. Ian, who's your fraud? Um, I mentioned earlier, my fraud is uh the collection of Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino. Yep. Um like Jimbo is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer. Uh, I I don't understand. I don't understand how they are as bad as they are. Um, I don't hate it. I'm not mad about it, but like, I just wanted somebody to call Jimbo what he is, and that is a fraud. Can I, uh, well said, can I slide back in with one more fraud? 100%. Get it off your chest, John. This one's for you if you're a listener. Uh, Bo Nix, you heard it here first. Whoa. I understand that is Whoa. a scorching hot take. Bo Nix, fraud, you heard it here first. We'll be in touch. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Um, all right. Ready, ready to do some uh, week three preview here? God. Yeah. Um, so I don't Can know I which one. this with saying ahead, that I kind of hate. I kind of hate the board. Yeah. So the board, board sucks. sucks. We loved the board last week. Can we do a recap. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna get to the recap. Don't you worry. Uh, I will say on this, and I want to give credit where credit is due. Ian, I think you said it. Um, we were talking yesterday about like, hey, what games do we want to pick this week? Because there aren't any good ones, literally none. Um, and Ian just said, "Good weekend to play golf." And as foliage may start to come, and and we're getting some po- possibly some cooler temperatures, 
think I would follow Ian's advice and go play golf for, hey, maybe even go to a concert, right, D? Yeah, we're going <laughs> yeah. to a concert. We're going to a concert. So, um, yeah, a brief recap. Uh, uh, Ian, clean sweep on the games we made him pick. And uh, 0-1 on the lock, but asterisk there again because we picked it on Tuesday and and uh, Pratt wasn't ruled out until Saturday around 10 a.m. Eastern. So not, not a that color. Game. Appreciate that color. But five five and zero oh on the board is nonetheless quite impressive. Yeah, no, let's uh, keep it rolling. Yeah, and then D four and one, really nice job. Uh, only game you lost is backing Ian's fraud of the week. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, you'd think they had they had, you know the price of oil. The price I backed of Wigman of an oil barrel. Yeah, yeah you backed Wigman, and, and price yeah. of oil for Texas oil would still be pretty high, but not high enough. Wait, uh, <laughs> lost the eight a.m. game. I hit Real my quick. lock though. Based did on who did you picked Oregon as the lock? No, the no, over. I picked the over, oh, which was okay. at right, 67 right. at the time. Gotcha. But it closed at 69 and I got 69. Classic. So, Classic. Book ended me. Um, and then me, not so good, tried to be contrarian. Um, and I got buried for it two and three, uh, but did hit the lock. Nice. Go Scarlet Knights, baby. To matters. Chop. Let's go. For for a while now, Slav, you've you've had a really good talk about feel. You've had a really good feel about what's going on. I feel my plum. I feel, I feel I feel like my plum is when the Scarlet Knights are going to cover. Yeah. Um, all right. It pops out every once in a while, and I'm like, God, that's that's a winner. <laughs> yeah. If I if, if Rutgers is on the board, let's roll with him. I know Delfico always does. Um, all right. Games this week are garbage, but we'll start with ours. Uh, Central Michigan at Notre Dame, two thirty on the cock. Notre Dame, 34.5-point favorites at this juncture. Uh, what do you guys – what are you thinking? I'm all in. I'm riding. I'm riding. Yes, it. it was it was about 30 seconds of Tom Slevin talking, and I'm like, this is – are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm all in. I think I the UNH thing is going to get to some people. Yeah, I think that might have gotten me to – go, I'll go 52-6, which is a cover. Great. 52-6. Uh, I'd like to see us cross the 60 threshold for the first time in a long time. 63-14. Oh, I love it. That's what I was going to go. I'm going to go 63-17. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I mean to jump. No, no, dude. I'll, I, I'm sure that happens to you all the time. I love it. I, I'm with you. I want to see some points on the board. 63 is a clean one. Pops, you got score? Ooh, I'm going 56-10. Uh, all right. Covers all around. Cover Dane. Let's keep going. Covered in. Um, all right, let's get into the rest of the shit slate. Um, Tennessee at Florida. I actually find this one to be pretty interesting, uh, but Florida is six and a half point uh, dogs, home dogs. Um, so uh, anybody got a feel for this one? I just can't back Graham Mertz. Yeah, and that's what it I, I don't like what's going on in Florida. I think, like, culturally, Tennessee is still, like, on this upswing. Florida is just like what the fuck for like a while now. Um, I I just can't back Graham Mertz, so I'm gonna go with Florida. Ever since Jim McElwain hugged that Wait, big old fish when he was naked, that's when Florida started going downhill. <laughs> D, you can't back Graham Mertz, so you're going with Florida. Oh, I'm going with uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Good call. Oh. All right, call. I, I, knew, I, knew, um, I knew what you meant. I did too. I was pretty damn confused. Um, I'm going with Tennessee. Absolutely. I think, I don't know. I think, I, I don't think 
either of these teams are particularly fantastic, or at least, you know, Tennessee's coming off of a slow week. So I, I at least expect them to respond. Um, and I, I, Florida's already crossed me. So Florida's on my list. Um, and yeah, that's it. Ian, Amy, uh, Tennessee's better coach. What time is this game? Uh, I'm gonna find out for you right now. I want to say it's seven thirty. Yeah, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, the swamp, swamp might seven. might be up in Adam. Seven at ESPN on ESPN. Oh man, yeah. um, Tennessee's gonna score. Florida will just run out of gas. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. Cover. Yeah. For me, it's as simple as you can't bet a team with Graham Mertz, and it would be another one where hey, it'd be fun to see Joe Milton throw for four hundred yards. He'd probably do it in four pa- in four passes, but um. <laughs> all right. Next game, uh, this one, I, you know, as in a, in a in a in a week with bad games, uh, this one actually might be end up being pretty fun. Seven thirty on ABC, seven thirty Eastern. We got Pitt going to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Pitt, uh, or Pitt is one one point. Road favorite, so so we got a road dog in Virginia, in West Virginia. Oh, it's tight. It's only one. Um, how's everybody feeling on this one? I got. Yep. Go ahead. Mountaineers. Yep. Phil Djokovic should have been. On, I don't. I don't know how we didn't mention him in the last section segment, but. Uh, oh my. Yeah, he should have been the fraud. Yep. Nears. He might well, be the all-time leader in the clubhouse for fraud of the week. Yeah. You, you yeah. see not, the clip of him whining. In the press yeah. conference? Absurd. Yeah. What do you Why? do? You oh, didn't see this quote, it, Ian? No. I'm trying to pull was, it up. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically is standing at a he, podium. He got booed. And he got, he got booed during the game, and he's, he, you know, I think one of the reporters asked him about it. I got it. It's like, you know, if you're if you're an old man and you're booing, you really need to, like, rethink your life. Yeah, he's such a baby. Don't acknowledge it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Here's the direct quote. So, Phil Jerkovic was asked about the boos heard during the game, and he said, quote, I think if you're you're a grown-ass man booing in that stadium, I think you you have to go ahead and look look at yourself in the mirror. I think it's pathetic. Uh, That is is a loser, 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 loser thing to say. And it – any eighth grader would be like, you know, I understand how the fans are going to feel that way. We're doing a bet, but whatever. Not act, that. Act like you've been there before. It's all we're asking. I think Phil Jerkovic's a baby back bitch. Yeah. Nears. Shout out, shout out to Bones Felton. <laughs> Bones will be happy. Never Bones make, never make happy. a playoff, but can maybe beat Pitt. That's fine. Win, win, win the backyard brawl, right? Uh, Doyle, you're on Nears as well, right? You're on yeah, that yeah, absolutely. And D. I'll take Pitt. Okay. I think somebody probably should. Yeah. Sorry, sorry you have to bet on you have to be on Jerkovic, but I think it's probably a good idea that one of us does. Jerking off. <laughs> you're actually doing we're doing like pretty well an hour and something. It's late here. Wheel, wheels are falling off. Um so next game. This one actually might be good as well. I think this is where game days headed if not it's where the uh it's where josh pate's going this week i know that for certain uh kansas state at missouri both teams are 2-0 game will be at noon uh so 11 local i think for missouri um games on sec network unfortunately what's up i was just gonna say i isn't college game day going to colorado at colorado oh sorry it's going to colorado that's right that's right 
it's back to my point earlier. That's absurd because it's going to be a horrible game. But I'll sorry, that to me is nuts. But all right, I think right. I think you deserve this. I'm not even kidding. Like I mean this with the utmost conspiracy respect. though. That reaction deserves an appearance on. I think you should leave next. Does it? That, yeah. Doesn't College Game Day like obligatorily have to go to like a non ESPN? game like no, every I think once they, in a while every once in a while i think they do usually try to line it up also I, also i'm sure they're going to send the because the sec network actually i don't know what they're going to do the sec network it holds that game so i wouldn't be shocked about the sec college game day you know like they do a special uh, sec game day that nobody yeah. north of mason dixon watches um so uh they also might send that one to to starkville we're not going to cover that game but lsu's playing mississippi state but anyways kansas state at missouri kansas state Five and a half point favorites here uh, on the road, but both teams are two and zero. Oh. Um, Alpha Nerd Eli, Eli Drinkwitz, coach of Missouri. What does everybody, everybody's feel here? I like Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, cool name. I liked his rant against uh, like the NCAA and like all the conference oh, yeah. realignment stuff. And because of that, like this once again, like you know, Kansas State was good last year, but I don't know what they have coming back. I know Deuce Vaughn's not there. So I'm gonna back the Tigers. Home dogs. I'm going. I'm going with K State. I think K State wins by seven points. Love it. What you will with the um, I got yeah, no. I got nothing to back that. I what actually think K State is a little bit overrated. Um, love a home dog. If you're giving me that much, you're giving me more than five. Give me. Give me Tigers. Jack, Jack, you and I could be in a bad way this weekend because we're all aligned. I'm on K State. I like. I think Will Howard's good. Um, I think he'll be. You'll have the better quarterback this weekend uh, in, in this matchup, and I, I think you'll have the better coach too. I like Chris Condon a lot for for a lot of reasons. Like, I think he's he's really good. Um, and nobody's really talking about Kansas State from a Big Twelve perspective, right? There's a lot of talk about Texas, and and that is deservedly so. Everybody's dark horses are Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. I almost feel like. Kansas State is kind of slipping in under the radar a bit right now. Um, yeah, another out-of-conference win, and, and we'll see what happens in conference play for them. But uh, Will Howard and Chris Kleiman are enough for me to to lay the five uh, at Mizzou. All right, last game we're going to have to pick as a group this week is BYU going to Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas, right? Uh, that game is at – Game's nine and a half point, nine and a half points right. Arkansas is nine and a half point home favorites here. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the game is. Hold on. The game is 7.30 on ESPN2. So a bunch of games in the 7.30 slate here, actually. Uh, I lied. I'm sorry. That line is down. The Arkansas line is down to eight. So Arkansas is oh. eight point favorites. I'll take BYU. Okay. JJ Jefferson's my uh, fantasy quarterback, so I'm going to take Arkansas. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not going to act like I do. Um, seems like, yeah. Let's go Arkansas. Um, all right. So I, I'm taking BYU. I think they tend to play really well on the road in these games. Uh, I like their offensive line. KJ Jefferson is good. Um, D, to your point about fantasy, I have Raheem Sanders as my running back um, in fantasy. And I know he's not playing this week, um, wow. so that you know worth floating putting I, in, 
I want BYU. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so tell you, field guy, watch out. <laughs> All right. So Ian Slippin of BYU, do you hanging out with me? I'm hanging. Okay, that's fine. Hey, I like sticking to your guns there. Ian, I also no, no hate for switching because Raheem Sanders is is a dude. Uh, but I think just think BYU tends to travel well in these games. Uh, I think this ends up being, you know, I still think Arkansas is going to win the game at home. But if you told me this is a three, four, or seven point game. I wouldn't be shocked, and that keeps us inside the number. So I'll take BYU. Nothing gets me tingling than when Slev starts talking about my bet, having a good old line. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm in. Feel it down, feel it down low. All right. Uh, I have a lock that I'm pretty confident in, but if anybody wants to give theirs out first, the floor is open. Take it away. Um, all right. Purdue Boilermakers. Let me make sure that this, this spread is still two and a half. But um, – Purdue Boilermakers, yep. Purdue Boilermakers, two and a half point home dogs. I think they win the game outright. They're playing against Syracuse. Um, I think Hudson Card again. This is betting on the better quarterback at home. I love, I love the Purdue coaching staff. Um, Seven thirty on NBC. I think they play really well at Ross at, at night. I'll take the Boilermakers two and a half, and put me down for the money line as well. But I'm not locking that up. I like it. So when there's the, – sometimes you just see a matchup and you think those two teams aren't scoring too much. Now, I know, like, the narratives, especially for these two teams, have changed a lot um, throughout the recent seasons. You know, they've been up and they've been very down, each of these two teams has. One of them might be the most down Power 5 program in college football right now. That's Northwestern Wildcats. They play Duke. You hear Northwestern Duke in football, you don't think a lot of points are going to be scored. We're going with the under 48 and a half here. I don't know if Northwestern's getting three. Yeah, I, I do think they're going to have to Are they at home at Ryan Field? I believe it? it is at Duke. Uh, that's, I, it's probably better at Ryan Field because that stadium knows how to suck the energy out of anybody yeah. anybody in there. I don't think Duke is much better, though. Yeah, probably not. Um, I got one. Um we touched on a little bit earlier. Jeff Sims is not it. Jeff Sims ain't it. Drake May might be it. I'm going to take – it's seven and a half right now, Minnesota at UNC. That's at 105. I would probably suggest buying it down to seven at minus 125. We don't play like that. I'm going to take the seven and a half, North Carolina. Kind of gets it going this week at home against Minnesota. Okay. Nebraska, Minnesota. Minnesota. I think they have Minnesota. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Either way, it doesn't matter. They both suck. All right. So, North, North, you got North Carolina at home seven by seven and a half. Yes. All right. Jeff Sims is not on that team. That analysis goes away, but it still holds that they suck. Hey, Jeff Sims ain't it, no matter if he's on that team or not. Yeah. It's a fact of the matter. All right, Pops, when you're ready, yeah. I'm ready for your pick. Yeah, you're going to be the first guest picker, and we're going to have an aggregate guest picking score. So, Oh, brutal. Ooh. This is just such a bad week for it. You got to stop. Um, it's, it's not fun. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, after about five minutes of research, which is all I really need, um, you know, I, I, I feel pretty confident in Washington at Michigan State minus 15, I think. Mm. 
I think I just <laughs> get ugly. <laughs> I think we all know why. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that program's in shambles, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and and uh, bet the house on Washington to cover. I like that that's, one. Kiss me through the phone, so, Jack. That is so villainous. <laughs> you are looking for every every edge on the board. Every edge of the board. The phone, Jack. <laughs> Ian, Ian, I found that in five minutes. Can you give me some time and we'll dig some dirty <laughs> some dirty lines up? Some dirty I lines. Michigan State knows about dirty lines. On that note. <laughs> Yeah, this is it's getting late here. We've come off the rails completely. But fellas, yeah, really good pod. Um, Jack, thanks for joining us. This was this was fun. I think it's probably why we went a little long, but I love it. I yeah, love gentlemen, it. it was an absolute pleasure uh being the first guest picker of the year and, and first guest of the year. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I I enjoy listening every week and you know it's it's an honor to be on the pod. So I appreciate you guys having me. It's an honor to have you. Thanks, Alex.